What's the best Christmas gift you have ever received? Think for a moment. What's the best one? What's the worst one? What's the worst Christmas gift you've ever received? Got it in your head? All right. How about you, Kate? What's your worst gift ever? As if you have to ask. Right, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when Mark and I were dating, we were about 19 years old, and he asked me what I wanted for a Christmas gift, and I told him that I really wanted some black boots. But I failed to mention the exact type or style of boots that I wanted, which was a a rookie mistake. So on Christmas morning, when Mark showed up at my family's house and we exchanged gifts in front of my family, I don't know if the boots that I got were the worst gift that I've ever received, but my reaction to the boots were definitely the worst reaction to a gift ever. It was really less than admirable. Yeah, it, it was something like she opened it and went, these aren't the boots I wanted. Bless my heart. <laughs> so later that day, my mom had to pull my 19-year-old self aside and give me a talking to about learning how to be a more gracious gift receiver. And my reaction was just so bad that it, that story lives on in infamy, infamy for, our, for our family for generations. Right, Mark? It still goes on today. Let me explain. So generally, I don't know how your family does gifts and things like that, but in the past, our family has normally done lists, you know, Um, and sometimes one person gets all the gifts for you or you get them for everyone, you know how that all works. But generally, we give something, you know, here's a couple things I'd like for Christmas. We're not doing that this year. Clean slate. Kate had this great idea that we would give everybody gifts from our heart. The problem with that is the black boots. Let me explain. So I'm wandering through the store now this year, looking for something to get Kate. And, and I, as I'm wandering the store looking for a gift to get, guess what's in the back of my mind? The black boots. Exactly. I'm thinking, is she going to like this? Is this going to be another black boot thing all over again? Now, thankfully, she's matured and she's grown. And she only does that every other year now. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm trusting that this is the off year. And um, so it's good. No, we've got some great things. I've got some things from my heart for her. I, I'm not going to tell her now, but I'm excited about giving her some of the things that she's going to get. But uh, it's, it's, it has lived in infamy and still lives on. Okay, so what about the best gift we've ever the received? The best gift we've ever received. Well, I can say we've received a lot of good gifts because Jesus has been so good to us. But I do have to say the best gift we ever received was a little Alley Joy. So 24 years ago, late November, Allie gave birth to Allie Joy. And so Allie Joy was our, our Christmas baby and our Christmas present from the Lord. And so just becoming parents and being entrusted with her and just having this little girl to raise and hold. And, and just like kids, do, do any of your kids fight over their gifts on Christmas morning? Any? Okay, just our kids. Okay, so just our kids um, fought over the best gift under the tree on Christmas morning. But Kate and I did that too over Allie 24 years ago. So one of us would be holding her and then the other one would say, well, can I hold her now? No, but you've been holding her for 20 minutes. So So we were fighting over Allie Joy 
as the best gift for Christmas. It was really fun. So I would say for sure that was the best gift I for Christmas. I agree with that. I remember looking at her. Um, I'm sure it was the hormones, but through tear-filled eyes, just <laughs> gazing at her, being so filled with gratitude for that special Christmas gift we were given. Yeah, gifts are fun. Gifts are fun to give, but even more, gifts are fun to receive, especially gifts from God. This afternoon, we have lit the Advent candles, hope, love, joy, and peace, but we always save the center candle, the white one, for Christmas Eve because it's the Christ candle, and it reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world, but that also he's the best gift that we have ever received and that humanity has ever received. See, God knew exactly what we needed. And he knew that we needed freedom. He knew that we needed forgiveness that would change our lives forever. And that's why Jesus came. The angel that visited Joseph on the first Christmas, as Joseph was confused maybe a little bit, his wife is pregnant and he's trying to figure out how did this happen? And an angel comes and visits him because I can honestly say that that probably would be the only way that I would be convinced that my wife had not gone somewhere else with the mailman. Um, And so... This angel visits Joseph and says to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, this verse is great, but one of the greatest parts about this verse is it tells us the purpose of Christ's coming, that he would save us that he would save us from our sins. See, God knew exactly what we needed. He knew that we all needed to be free from our brokenness and from our shame and from the things that hurt our lives. So we celebrate at Christmas that Jesus came to earth as a baby, but what we're really celebrating is that he grew up to be a man and die on a cross so that we could have freedom from our sins and a great relationship with God our Father. God gave humanity the greatest gift ever, his son. And with his son, Jesus, came every good gift. Scripture tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God above, including what these candles represent, the gifts of hope and love and joy and peace. When you think about these four things, just for a moment, aren't they what everybody wants? Every single person Everywhere on this planet wants these four things. You want hope in your life. You want joy in your life. You want love in your life. And you want peace in your life. These four things never leave us. They are a part of our humanity. They're they're desired by us because God placed that in us because we're created in the image of God. So these four gifts are really important. The first one, the gift of hope. Hope is believing that something in the future will be accomplished. So we light the hope candle because God accomplished exactly what we needed, a savior, a messiah, a rescuer for humanity. God accomplished this by sending Jesus to earth to be born of a virgin, to die on a cross, and come back to life to set us free. Now the Bible tells us not only is hope available to us, but it also overflows in our life when we know Jesus and are living for him. The second gift was love. So the second candle is the candle of love. 
Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus is love. He doesn't just give love. He, he is love. That's why he can so freely and easily give love, and that's why we celebrate that love came to earth when Jesus came to earth because Jesus is love. Now, there's something very interesting about love that we sometimes don't talk about often, but we've been talking about this Christmas, that Jesus' love didn't mess around <laughs> at all. See, Jesus knew the best way to love us, and the best way to love us was to remove all the hindrances in our relationship with God. See, love confronts the greatest evil and humanity's worst enemy, our sin. Have you noticed that there are certain people in your life that will just stick with you through anything? Through your biggest problems, through your darkest days, through your, uh, those moments in your life that are the most challenging and difficult, those are the people that you discover what? They really, really love you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't ditch us. He didn't leave us. When, we, when our biggest problem was upon us, he came and died for us that we might have hope and love and joy and peace. See, when you believe in Jesus, you understand how to be loved well. And you begin to do the most important thing, love others well. So Jesus came to bring us the gift of hope and the gift of love. And he also came to bring us the gift of joy. And the thing about the joy that Jesus brings is that kind of joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Mm -hmm. The joy that Jesus brings is based on the historical fact, and it is a historical fact, that God came to earth through the person of Jesus with the mission to bring salvation to all who would believe. The angels in the Christmas story were the first bearers of that good news of great joy that Jesus the Savior had been born. Luke 2, 7 through 11, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. No piece of bad news that we would ever receive can change the good news of great joy that is for all people, past, present, and future. And finally, Jesus came to bring us the gift of peace. And peace is something that most everyone desires. We want cultural peace, societal peace, uh, financial peace, relational peace, peace in our heart, peace of mind. And that desire for peace was put in us very intentionally by God. He built humans for peace. But in the Garden of Eden, those first humans did experience that peace with God until they were manipulated out of that peace. Peace is possible, but the secret to peace is found through Jesus. There was a bumper sticker that was on cars when Mark and I were growing up, and it said, no Jesus, 
no peace, as in no, N-O, Jesus. Yeah, there it is. No Jesus, no peace. So when there's no Jesus in your life, there's no peace in your life, or the peace that you have is fleeting. However, when you K-N-O-W, Jesus, then you truly know peace. In fact, some of Jesus' last words to his friends and his followers before he went to the cross are found in John 14, 27. And he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace is a gift that Jesus gives to those who are in a relationship with him. Throughout this Christmas season, we've had a theme verse that we've been studying and in-depthly looking into. It reminds us of how these things become a part of our life. It's Romans 15, 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this verse says a lot, but it helps us understand that God fills us with these things. He fills us with hope, love, joy, and peace. He desires for these four things to be a part of our life every single day of our life, not just during Christmas, but every single day because we need them to live for Christ and to live with one another. Now, I hope that you will let him fill you with these things during Christmas, but all year long. Now, it's interesting, the way that you receive these gifts is through putting your trust in Christ. That little phrase, because you trust in him. Hope and joy and peace are a part of our life because we trust in Jesus, because we're living for him and in relationship with him. And once you put your trust in him, these gifts and so many more become a part of your life. They become accessible to you. Now, even better, at the end of this verse, it says not only are these things a part of your life, but they overflow. They're not just stuck in you. They overflow. In fact, you have so much hope. You, there's such an abundance of hope in you because of Jesus. It begins to overflow out of you in your words, in your actions, in the way you treat people, in the way you process the world, in the way you look at life. Hope is everything to you. The hope of Christ is everything inside of you. And it begins to touch everyone around you, in your family, your friends, your coworkers, everywhere. The hope of Christ begins to be seen in you. Now, just like we buy gifts from a heart full of love for the special people in our lives, these gifts, hope, love, joy, and peace, they're also gifted out of love. Because love is the motivation for why God sent Jesus. It's one of the most well-known verses in Scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. I remember a few years ago, it was a Thursday morning. We have Mom Connection here on Thursday mornings, and Mom Connection was over, so I was scurrying around trying to clean up, and one of our little adopted grandkids, Henry, was sitting at a table out there, and he was eating a snack, and he just was watching me as I was scurrying here and there, and I then noticed that he was just really, like, watching me, and so I'd, I'd stop and smile and give him a little wink and then keep scurrying about. Well, finally, from across the room, he looked at me with a look of pure sincerity, and he just said, I love you with my whole heart. 
Now, I'm convinced that it wasn't the work that he saw me doing that made him love me. It was just the fact that he knew me and that he loved me. And that simple little heart heartfelt phrase from a four-year-old's mouth really impacted me so much so that now I've started telling all my little grandkids that Gigi loves you with her whole heart. And I think that just like Henry saw me scurrying about, God sees you. He sees you scurrying about, especially during Christmas time. He sees some of you who are even trying to strive for things that you don't have to earn, things like his love. You don't have to earn that. He, you just have to receive it. And I believe that he would want to say to us this afternoon, I love you with my whole heart. I love you so much that I sent Jesus to heal your brokenness. If, in fact, if you were to ask Jesus how much he loved you, he would say, I love you so much, this much, that I stretched out my arms and died for you. The things about these Christmas gifts that were given out of such love is that it really deserves a response, doesn't it? When someone gives you a gift, it, it, it elicits some sort of response from you. So what is my response to God's extravagant love? What is your response to God's extravagant love? Is it to leave it unopened? Is it to exchange it? Or maybe to return it? Or to tuck the gift of his love away somewhere unused or unenjoyed? Or is it to open it up and then re-gift it back to him? A couple weeks ago when we were in the week of Advent love, um, I was telling one of my little grandchildren that I loved them with my whole heart. And something caused me to pause. And I felt like Jesus was saying, I'd love to hear you say that you love me with your whole heart. And so from that point on, for the rest of this Advent time, I think that's a new thing that, that I'm going to be doing is telling Jesus that I love him with my whole heart. My whole heart, W-H-O-L-E, whole heart. But how often is our heart less than whole? There are always things that get in the way of loving Jesus with a whole heart. Things like the stresses of life, unrest in the world, injustice that you see or experience, parts of your life not turning out the way that you thought they would, or just our own brokenness and sin. Those things can really take a toll on a heart, can't they? We want to love God with our whole W-H-O-L-E heart, but often all we have is a fragmented, busted up, or broken heart that we can give him. But just like the kids learned tonight in their Christmas story, the best gift that we can give Jesus this Christmas season and all year through is our heart. Whether it's whole or fragmented, whether it's happy or sad, or whether it's healthy or busted. The amazing thing about offering Jesus your heart is that one of the names of Jesus found in Isaiah 9-6 is Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace. That word peace in the Old Testament there, that Hebrew word is the word shalom. And it's a very robust word that has a lot of great meanings. Things like wholeness or completeness, soundness, harmony, well-being, prosperity. When you offer Jesus the gift of your heart, 
there's an amazing thing that happens. He takes those fragments, those busted up, broken pieces, and through time and in relationship with him, he makes your heart whole. And he does it again and again, over and over again. Have you noticed that living in this world can take its toll? That's why Jesus came. That's nothing new, by the way. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and the people there also were wondering, how do we, how do we fill the H-O-L in our heart, the hole in our heart? <laughs> the only way we can do that is with Jesus. See, Jesus alone makes our heart whole, W-H-O-L-E. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus coming and making it possible for you and I to give God our whole heart. To give the Lord our whole life. And to just say, God, here I am. Jesus, here's my life. I surrender to you. I give it to you, not not only because you did that for me, but I recognize that that's the best way for me to live this world as a human. Is to understand that you created me, you love me, you died for me, and you came to earth so that I could figure that out. And so this Christmas, we would like to do that. We want to just take the end of our service this afternoon and give the Lord our heart. Now, maybe it's the very first time that you've ever given Jesus your heart. And if that's true, and you're here and you've never given Jesus your heart before, it's never been a part of your life, but right now in this moment, you're saying, I recognize I need to start living life differently. I've lived my life without Jesus for however long you've been living. And it's time to let Jesus in. It's time to give him your heart. If it's the first time for you, then I just want to encourage you. While we sing, while we light our candles, while we do the rest of our service, you can just say a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I surrender everything I am to you. And I want to have a relationship with you. I want to live with you. I want you to be my Savior and my Lord and my best friend. Now, some of us in this room, we've been living for Jesus for a long time, haven't we? Days, months, years, decades. And maybe you know how to give your heart to Jesus really well. Maybe you do it on a daily basis. Maybe you don't. But I want to encourage you in this moment to give Jesus your heart again. Give it to him afresh. Maybe also, maybe you're just in a tough time right now. It's a tough season. For whatever reason, there's something going on in your life, and it's just been difficult for you to give Jesus your heart. We want to give you a moment to do that. So in the quietness of this song, in the quietness of this moment, in the quietness of our candle lighting, would you just take a moment to just give Jesus your heart? Give him your circumstances. Surrender everything to him. And let's just do like Little Mouse did. Just say, Jesus, here's my heart. Here's my life. I give it to you. So would you stand with us? We're gonna, the worship team's gonna sing these first two verses for us, and that's just gonna give us a moment to think about where we're at and to give Jesus our heart, and then we're gonna join them in the third verse, and then we'll light candles together.
Grab your candle. This evening we've lit the Christ candle, which is a great reminder that Jesus is the light of the world. And this afternoon, we are going to remind ourselves that that's exactly who Jesus is. But not only is he the light of the world, he needs to be our personal light. Because there, not only is there light in the world, there's also darkness. And it's so easy for us to get caught up in the darkness, to get distracted from who Jesus is, and that's why we need to give him our heart. But this afternoon, we wanted to light our candle a little bit differently because each of us get the gift of Jesus in our life. That's what happens when we light the candle. But we're not called to just keep that gift. We're called to re-gift it. We're called to give Jesus away. And so I'm going to light my candle from the Christ candle, and then I'm going to go light some of you in the front row and around and As I do, I'm going to encourage you to turn around and give Christ away. Light the candle of your neighbor, somebody near you. We're going to do that together as a symbol that we are called to give and receive Jesus. That's who we're called to be as the people of God. And so this year, let's think about receiving the gift of Jesus, giving him our heart, and then giving him away. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Oh. 
Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. We praise you that you are the light of our life. And we pray that just like this candle is giving us light right now personally, it's also giving us light corporately as we all have them lit, that, Lord Jesus, we would see that in our own lives and in the lives of others. That the light of Jesus would shine brightly in us. That we would not be scared of the world. We would be courageous and bold and live out Jesus' hope, love, joy, and peace in a radical way. That we would give you away, Jesus, to our friends, to our family, to the people that we know and that are our acquaintances and the people that we are doing life with. Would you help us to shine the life of Jesus so brightly that they desire what we have, life in Christ. We give you thanks, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you can blow your candle out. Well, thanks, everyone. It was so great to do Christmas Eve together and make this a tradition and a part of our life. Why don't we end our time together singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas to each other? All right, sound good? Wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, everyone.